You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. From a top-secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast, brought to you by Taco Palenque, where the best happy hour in San Antonio just got happier. Stop by any of the Taco Palenque locations Sunday through Thursday for ice-cold 550 margaritas, $3 domestics, $3 off ponchos, and $1 off ponchitos. Taco Palenque keeps San Antonio cool and well-fed and is the best pre- or post-game meal for watching the Spurs. That goes for the regular season and the preseason, which we are halfway through as we record this. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined, as always, by our panel of Express News beat writers, Jeff McDonald and Tom Orsborne and sports editor Nick Talbot. We are... We are three games through a five-game preseason. That was the first game without Victor Wembanyama last night. Uh, somehow, for some reason, somehow, Tom and Jeff still showed up along with plenty of excited fans from San Antonio. Where are we at this? A little over 50% mark. I guess 60% mark of the preseason, Jeff McDonald. Where are we? Um, You know, it's... Obviously, there's some things you can, uh, some takeaways you can have. Uh, the, the big fellow is, is that a cross promotion. After every it. Spurs game this season, uh, after you get your post game meal at Taco Palenque, you can, by the time you finish your tacos, you can get online to expressnews.com and check out the takeaways. Uh, Tom Orsborne or Jeff McDonald will always have three of them after every game. And that is a post-game ritual that that, that all the listeners should love. But actually, what I now? what I would recommend, you know, just to give us time to write these takeaways after a game, is for fans to go to Taco Palenque, mm-hmm. uh, maybe listen to the Shea Serrano podcast, and then when that's over, the takeaways <laughs> will be ready to ready ready for perusal. So that's that that would be the that would be the uh, the um, routine that I would get into if I were a Spurs fan after every game. But to answer your question from earlier. Um, you know, the big fella is really good. Like he's, he's as advertised so far, obviously there's going to be some things he's got to learn about the NBA and, uh, and yada, yada. But, um, uh, I think it's safe to say the Spurs made the right pick there. Um, other than that, it's really, it's a little difficult to kind of, um, guesstimate what this team's going to look like because as of now through three preseason, three preseason games, and this is not to be unexpected, 
Uh, the Spurs haven't played all their regulars. They, we haven't seen... Um, at the same time. At the same time, right. We haven't seen a regular rotation. I'm not sure we've seen what their actual starting lineup will look like on opening night. Um, so um, in that regard, it's been a, it's been a hard, uh, difficult to kind of, a, as a layperson, not not getting to watch practice because they have done this in practice. You know they have. You know they've 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 played the way they're gonna play in practice. We just haven't seen it in a preseason game yet. So for for those of us who haven't seen the practices, it's hard to really really guess how it all looks. Uh, once once it comes together, but but Pop has said, um, and this is ge- his general mo anyway, is as the preseason goes along, the last one or two preseason games usually look a little dress rehearsally, and you see something akin to a regular rotation. You see all the guys active um, that are healthy and that, and that are going to play. So um, starting with the with the uh, rematch against the Rockets and maybe even that trip to Golden State, I think you'll see a lot more of uh, what this might look like once the thing tips off for real against Dallas on the 25th. You say it's hard to guess the lineup, but I think I think we're going to do it anyway. And I well, think no, I don't, I don't mean guess, I guess what the lineup it is, but guess how it, will, how it will come together. Guess how it will look on the floor. We can all guess, we'll do the, oh, the, the names, but we have not seen what it looks like together. I see. Tom, uh, there, what we have seen is the first couple of games of the Jeremy Sohan at point guard experiment how has that been unfolding do you think yeah it's been interesting um i mean last night um he ran it with with trey being out and he finished uh, with no assists but that's not that's not his primary purpose i think i mean they're, they're all point guards <laughs> you know right now they're all they're all facilita- facilitators they're all igniting connecting whatever phrase modern phrase you want to use and that's pretty much pretty much how it is i mean he's he's the point guard but you know everyone is helping him out and uh but you know as pop said and zach collins said last night he's comfortable with it you know he doesn't get rattled he's you know he's um he's he's on board with it he's embracing it uh so the experiment continues pop gave kind of a tepid reply yesterday when asked for a progress report on it um i think before and after the game he did that he's just uh, not going to go over the top um in praising it or you know talk about the faults of it but it's just it's just a work in progress it's really just um, a point guard by committee here's my we we gotta stop we gotta we gotta probably reconfigure or recalibrate yeah how we think of a point guard in 2023 it's not 1993 it's not even 2003 it's not even 2013 it's 2023 and it's just a different different game as as pop said the other day you know we're not going to have a like a john stockton out there which i i I assume that means that jeremy sohan is vaccinated um but um it's not at least as with this group it's not the same job jeremy's not really dribbling the ball up the court Getting everybody in 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 the right set, calling a play like that's not really what's happening out there. He he might be the guy bringing the ball up the court most of the time, uh, in, in these certain lineups, um, but he's not Avery Johnson like getting everything organized. He's not Trey Jones even in that in that regard. It's really more free flowing, more fluid. I mean, I think if if you just showed up to the game after you know forty five seconds after tip off last night. Um, 
you wouldn't necessarily looked at it and going, oh, Jerry, Jeremy Sohan is playing point guard because everybody's touching it. Everybody's moving it around. If, if the Spurs get a stop, whoever gets the rebound is pushing it. It's not like you got to find the point guard and let him push it. So to the naked eye, you almost don't even notice the difference. It just looks – it's because it's a different game and it looks like a different game. I would posit the following. It's not that the game has changed around basketball. Oh, good God. It's that it's that the Spurs just don't like point guards still exist. There are still point guards that are point guards in this league where you walk in to the arena and look down and say, hey, that guy's playing point guard. And on the other team, that guy's the point guard. The Spurs, to play their best five guys, just don't have one. <laughs> and so they're just making doing exactly what you're talking about. And Yes, by by official terminology, Jeremy Sohan could start at point guard for your San Antonio Spurs, but they're just not going to play one. And they're sort of much in the way that teams who started going small ball several years ago zigged when the rest of the league zagged. That's what the Spurs are doing now when we've got a bunch of tall guys, Pop is thinking. And why not just play him and see what happens? Play Victor Wembanyama next to Zach Collins, have the six nine Jeremy Sohan start a point guard, and just see how it goes. I think they're they're going. Why not lean in? They're going big at a time when other teams are going small, and it might not lead to a championship this year. It probably won't, but it'll be fun, and just try something different rather than try to. Uh, follow the pack and not be as good at what the pack is doing, do something different. Uh, All right. I think that's here's kind of cool. Here's a question for the peanut gallery. Do the Spurs need that guy, need that point guard, point guard at some point? Not this year. You're probably not going to have it this year. But if to to take the next step with this group, with the with the Victor Wimbanyama Spurs, are you going to need uh, an actual point guard on the roster at some point? Like to, to make it all the way through the playoffs, get to the finals, um, don't you yes. need a guy that knows what he's doing? Yes, and he's not on the team right now. Um, or is he? It's nothing against Trey. No, Trey Jones is. Trey Jones can be a uh, playoff caliber, cha- even championship caliber backup point guard. Sure. Um, he's he's very valuable for what he is. Um, but the the compete with like um, Damian Lillard and Giannis point guard. Uh, which, I mean, the compete with Jamal Murray and Jokic point guard is not on the roster yet. And uh, um, I think that's fine. Like, rebuilding comes in stages. Right. We're going to go from the bottom of the league to um, the Western Conference Finals in one year. And if they pick in the lottery again next year, maybe they find him there. Uh, maybe this uh, cap room that they continue to have year after year, maybe that's they use that on that player at some point. But for the time being, I think that's why you do this Jeremy experiment is because why not? What if he turns maybe, maybe maybe this whole season is about that. Maybe 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 Jeremy surprises everybody and he's that guy by the end of the year. Maybe. He's gonna gonna have to be able to shoot it a little though. Kinda doubt it, sir, but I think his future is at another position. Uh but the fact that he can play little uh spurts of point guard can help him. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. But for him to reach his NBA potential, I think it's going to be another position. I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I it's, um, yeah, it, it is in stages. I mean, this, this whole, this is going to take a while for all this to, 
to come together and for Pop to figure it out. And yeah, they're just going with what they have right now, making uh, making it work. And yeah, it may may surprise some people. Um, you know, I think one of the things from the preseason that's been kind of neat to see is. Um, you know, some individual guys just really looking like they're showing signs that they're really coming into their own. And I'm, I'm thinking of Devin the other night hitting six of seven uh, from three-point range against Miami. And then last night, Zach Collins had a had a hell of a game. Uh, so that's been kind of neat to see. Just, you know, we're not seeing them all at once together, but what we are seeing, there are some signs that are really, really positive. Yeah, you know, we got to see Devin Vassell, you know, kind of anchor the offense a little bit, or at least play that second field to, to Victor in that one in that game that against the the Heat. And you had Zach, um, you know, really showing up all kinds of his his game against the uh, the Rockets in the first the first meeting with the Rockets. And I think Malachi Bradley has looked really good, and uh, we found out that Kim Birch exists. So overall, it's been um, you know pretty pretty interesting preseason. I, I thought Kim Birch was a made up name until till last night. He did play. That he was there. <laughs> he still, I think, is the most likely cut. But who knows? Um, we know it. Jeff mentioned the rotation earlier and how that will um, sort of become more evident maybe over these last couple of preseason games. I guess we can take some guesses about that too. That's sort of interesting. We. We've talked about the top five guys. If if Sohan is your starting point guard and Trey Jones comes off the bench, well, there's your top six. Um, beyond that, if there's a rotation of nine or ten guys that play most nights, um, I'm thinking Malachi Branham is in that mix. Branham's right? going to get minutes. Uh, and Passy probably is going to get some sort of minutes. Well, there's the, there's the backup big man. That's what I kind of wanted to get into because I think Doug McDermott, just because he's been around and has the corporate knowledge, uh, might be in the second five somewhere. So you've mm-hmm. got Jones, Jones, Brian, and McDermott, and then those other two spots. I think there's some there's some fun choices for Pop to make, but Bassey might be in it. And I think I've mentioned him before on the podcast, but the Chetty Osman thing. I think I think he's useful. I think he, I think he can play some. Yeah, he, he's been he's been really active in every game. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on who could work their way into just regular playing time this season for your Spurs, your local Cagers? Well, it's a long season, so I, I would I would think all of them would have a shot at some point. Like sitting here right now, you could think uh, Julian Champagne's on the outside looking in because he can't make anything in preseason, but that can turn around um, once the regular season starts if he gets if he gets um, you know a chance. So it's hard to sit here and and especially when you're talking about your ninth and 10th guys sit here and, and really make determinations based on preseason. But all, all we know right now is what we've seen from the first three game of preseason. Julian's had trouble making a shot and that's really his, his main purpose out there. Yeah. Um, Blake Wesley to me still looks like he's again, three games is a small sample size. So it's hard to sit here and, and say this is who he is, but he, he looks a lot like he did last year really quick. Um, can get by the first guy and then doesn't seem to know what to do once he blows by the first guy. Lots of lots of misses at the rim. Still don't trust his jumper. Um, the decision-making isn't quite there yet. I have seen Blake Wesley. He seems 
I don't know if locked in is the word, but attentive on defense, and that'll help him get on the floor. But I, he, he's looking to me in the preseason like a guy that's going to, especially given the glut of guards and wings the Spurs have, Wesley's looking like a guy that's going to spend some time in Austin this season. Jeff, um, Jeff posed this question to me in OKC, and I will, I will uh, in turn pose it to the group. But there's, uh, I believe, an October 31st deadline to pick up third-year options on all your draftees from last year. Uh, so Han and Brianum are slam dunks that those options are going to be picked up. Uh, what is the likelihood that the Spurs pick up third-year option on Blake Wesley this month? I think it's fair to say he's on the bubble. He's on I mean, the bubble, definitely. I think it's fair to say he's on the bubble. I mean, and normally it's there's not a lot of history of not picking up a third-year option, but the Spurs are in a situation where their roster is getting crowded. And they're going to be, at, you know, they're going to add draft picks this summer. So their their roster is going to be crowded. You know, there's going to be cuts just like this this year, where there's cuts to make. They have too many guys, and they have to they have to cut guys on guaranteed deals. Um, they could be in the same situation next summer when they make, you know, when they add more draft picks. So you, it, it is the time where you start weeding out, um, you know, these second and third year guys who's going to be part of the long term, um, you know, the long term prod prod project and we know that Sohan is and Malachi Branham has proven himself to be a part of that um I don't know that Blake Wesley has yet and uh, you know I don't I don't know that the Spurs are or are not going to pick up that option by October 31st but I I would be sweating it a little bit if I was him like I don't know that he's shown enough to make himself a slam dunk part of the future so it's not a lot of money it's not a lot of money. I don't have it in front of me, but it's a couple million or two, something. Two point something. Yeah. It's, so, not of, it's not a lot of money, but it's more in terms of the of the of the spot he's going to take up. And maybe as I'm talking it out, maybe you pick up the option because it's not a lot of money. It's two million, and if if come next training camp guys beat him out, you can just wave him and eat that two million. So maybe that's what we see happen. You you pick up the option now just to have just to have him in camp next year. Or, or see how he progresses this season, not give up to, on him too quickly. So maybe, maybe that's what happens. But he is a guy that I think really needs to prove himself this year in some way. And But the, the rub of it is I don't know exactly how he's going to get that chance at the NBA level because the Spurs have so many guards. You, you, know? Know two people, you know two people who do not need to prove themselves? Those are New York Times bestselling authors Shea Serrano and Emmy winner Jason Concepcion. They're back together again this time aiming their high-powered microscope at the NBA. In their new weekly podcast, Six Trophies, Jason and Shay cover the biggest storylines in the league by handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Things like the Ryan Gosling and Drive Trophy, which is given out to a player or a team that did something incredibly cool that week. Or the Lauren Hill You Might Win Some But You Just Lost One Trophy which is given out to a player or team that tried something, but it didn't work out that great for them. Or the Walter White Tread Lightly Trophy, which is given out to a player or team approaching dicey territory. Kick back as Jason and Shay recap the top happenings from around the NBA through their lens of movies, music, and more. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free Right now on Wondery Plus, um, I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna start calling you Mikey Segway. That was great. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's terrific. better if if we don't like all talk about the Segway as it after it happens. Well, I just wanted to point out to everyone. I just wanted to point out to everyone what a wonderful Segway that was. 
Thank you so much. That almost seemed genuine. Yeah, um, almost. Compliments yeah. from Jeff to Mike. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? There's a first time for everything. Um, what 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 are what firsts are we going to see with this team this year? I, I guess we can go back to uh, what has become a weekly podcast staple of just reenacting Victor Wembanyama plays that we'd never seen before in the NBA. Uh, he played at the Frost Bank Center in his first preseason game since we did our last podcast. And again, I'll open it up to the group to talk about your your standout plays, standout memories from that game that you want to describe to the either the the visually impaired uh, listeners or or those who didn't see it. But uh, Jeff, where do you start? Well, I, I think it's interesting. Like the players are like this too. Like you're you're asking about a specific play after the game. Like asking Devin Vassell about the play where Trey Jones threw the alley oop to Vic when Vic hadn't even left vacated the three point line yet. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the one that was eye opening to me. And Vassell's like, "Well, yeah, it was great, but what about this other one? Or what about the what about the the left handed dunk? Or what about the one the Euro step and on the fast break?" So it's almost like everybody has their own their own spin, their own favorite on which mind-numbing, jaw-dropping, gob-smacking play that Victor Wembanyama made that that uh, that day. But I, I liked the lob from Trey just because I almost like the pass more than the dunk just because it, it was just seemed so audacious. And I was sitting next to a friend of the podcast, Michael Wright, at that moment, and I think I was looking down, writing a note in my notebook. Uh, I think it was a grocery list. Um, but when I looked up, or I, I hadn't looked up, I just heard friend of the podcast, Michael Wright, say, oh my God, and I look up and the ball's in midair already. Like, so so we're, we're oh my Godding before the play even unfolds with, with some of these things. Like, we can't, even, we can't even comprehend the things that are being attempted. So I the think that's step that, that uh, The Euro step that Devin brought up, uh, it is the dangest thing. I mean, Victor's coming down full speed on the fast break, picks up his dribble at the three-point line. At the NBA three-point line, takes his allowed two steps, and I don't think he even jumps and and dunks. Doesn't, <laughs> jump, doesn't, doesn't jump, doesn't dribble. Yes. Legal play. That's completely legal. And also in a situation where you would never, ever, ever throw a seven-foot-three guy the ball. Like that's almost like like um, cardinal sin. Like you don't throw the ball to a you would not throw the ball to Tim Duncan there in that situation. It was it, that's a that's a charge waiting to happen or a turnover. Uh, and uh, you know Tim Duncan, as we all know, is is great. He's great, but it just this guy is just as I kind of wrote, he's just changed the rules of everything you're allowed to do. You know you would one one rule. I'm pretty. Like, I played point guard in high school, and one rule we had in our in our on our little. Um, little JV high school team is she would never throw an alley-oop to a guy that's still standing behind the three-point line. Like, that's stupid. That that ball's going into the front row. Did you actually but, have that rule? Yes. I can't that was the first that day. Rule. It was the first day. <laughs> Our coach was thorough. Uh-huh. Did that make you feel you can dunk? 
Yeah, he looked. He looked. He looked at our little these little uh, five eight white kids and said, "We're not throwing any alley oops from the three point line, guys." <laughs> well, Jeff, well, Jeff played high school basketball with Jeff Foster. Uh, that, well, uh, if, you really wanna, if you really want to, if you really want to sidetrack, we did have one practice where our coach let me try to throw alley oop lobs to Jeff Foster, and uh, it, it never worked. I, I blame him. I blame future NBA player Jeff Foster and not uh, future NBA writer Jeff McDonald for that. I thought my passes were perfect. Yeah. But we never could we never could get it connected. But anyway, the point is we've 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 lost track here. But the point is yeah. what Vic, what Victor does just changes the rules of everything that you think is possible on a basketball court. And that's something the Spurs other Spurs are gonna have to learn. Like you can throw that pass. You yeah. can look for him, you can throw it, throw it higher. You know, you can do all these things with him. And I think it's going to be even more fun, you know. 20 games in, 40 games in, 60 games in, when they really started to learn what they can do together. Something um, something I liked. I mean, the the, uh, the oh my God moments were everywhere, but something I liked that, that was more mundane and, you know, not as sexy though, was just how he shot the ball um, mid-range and, you know, jumping out to the three-point uh, three strike too. Oh my he, gosh. Was, he was decisive. On all his sh- shots, he was decisive, fluid. He was only one of five from outside, but he, you know, he sank it. Um, you know, he, he just looks good shooting now. He looks so decisive and comfortable, and and to me, that really stands out. First possession of the second half against Miami, he's bringing the ball up. Seven three is bringing the ball up. Um, gets it across half court, kind of kind of breezes past half court. And then does like a little shimmy shake on whoever's guarding him at about the three point line, and then pulls up at the elbow and knocks it down. From the and right that, line, to me, yeah. yeah, that that looked like that was Kevin Durant to me, except for you know five inches taller. The yeah. ball handling, the handle, every you know, it's just amazing to see that. And uh, you know, I just uh, I just think he's going to get better and better as a shooter. That's that's going to be so. Is, is it fair? Is it fair to point out Miami played like zero of their actual NBA players? Yeah, like, is that okay? Yeah, that's, that's that's fair. That's fair. Does it look different if if like uh, Jimmy Butler and and Bam are, are switching off on on Vic, or does it not look different? Well, on the on our last podcast, I spent um, a couple of seconds talking about the stuff that could get Vic in trouble. Uh, like he like I think I said something about him. He he dribbles too much, and then all of or or lots of his most impressive plays in San Antonio, like the one that Jeff just mentioned, the 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 spin move on the right wing to the right elbow for the Kevin Durant jumper. That was a dribble play. <laughs> so every now and like like he should dribble. Um but, but Well, you, you don't know, dribble in traffic, but that's kind of true always there. It's almost true of everybody. Sure, sure. But that dribbling is a the ball handling is a, an important part of his game. I think he just get goes overboard on it sometimes. But yeah, there's just we could do this every week. Uh, running down the the, big we probably will. Yeah, Jeff, you had mentioned uh, kind of passing scribbling in your notebook. You want to tell the viewers slash, slash listeners about your notebook where you got it? Uh, what? Oh, I I, I I can't remember what it says on it. Do you remember? Isn't isn't it? Uh, okay, so at the hotel in Oklahoma City, I realized I had arrived without any sort of notebook or note taking apparatus, which normally is not a problem. Sure. Like in most in most like uh, major American NBA cities, you can walk somewhere within uh, you know a, a couple block radius of a downtown hotel and find yourself, let's say, a Walgreens or a CVS or, or some sort of uh, a, a situation like that, and buy yourself a legal pad. That's my that's kind of my go to. 
Um, but uh, Oklahoma City is so, well, I don't want to disparage our friends from Oklahoma City. We have some good ones. But uh, there's, there's, there's not a CVS or Walgreens to be found. They have a fake river walk. They do have that. But not a CVS or a Walgreens to be found. So I kind of asked at the Burt desk, okay, is there any place nearby that I could walk to to buy a, uh, to buy a notebook to, to scribble in at the Spurs under preseason game? And the front desk guy goes, well, I got something for you. And he runs in the back and he's gone for like, it felt like half an hour. Like I thought he forgot about me. And then he comes back with this notebook that says what? Homeland Security? I think it's either Homeland Security or U.S. Border Patrol. U.S. Border Patrol. Yeah. Yeah, so that's mm. what you're that's what you're using to chronicle the exploits of Victor Wimbledon. You know? Oh yeah, that's what I'm using for now until it fills up. I think that's great. It, that's just adapting. That's just that's just making adjustments as needed. Yeah, but I, I when they start asking questions at TSA after they go through my bag and I have to start making up lies about like all Don't the lies or the patrolling I've been doing. No, we do not advocate I, telling lies. We uh, advocate. We advocate making adjustments. Uh, has, this has nothing line. to do. With, this has nothing to do with basketball. But I did tell you about uh, a couple weeks ago, and I went to get a haircut. You're interrupting my ending. But I'm not going because this, this is this is this is related to telling lies about occupations. Like okay. I went to get a haircut, and the guy asked me. And I don't like to talk to to. I don't like to talk well to people, but especially it's like it's almost like going to get a haircut is like my uh, my version of getting like a massage. Or a pedicure, like I like to zone out, and I like have some small talk. And uh, the the but the guy asked me what I did for a living, and I I, I did I, I used to you say you don't advocate lying, but I got this trick from you. I just think of the most boring thing, boring job I could think of, and tell the guy that's what I did. So I said insurance. That's what I've told you to do before. And then he says, and then he says, but then the guy says, oh really? My wife is in is in, is in insurance, yeah, and then I proceeds see. to and then proceed to ask me like a million questions about people I'm supposed to know and like uh, I don't know like like the state of the business today and what firm do I work for I'm having to just make up lies on the spot on the fly and I, I, I don't think I did a good job I don't think he bought it I don't think he bought it well the the, the kicker to that story is that you didn't want to give up firm, so you said you were in, in business for yourself. Am I am I am I screwing this up? Oh yeah, this is the great punchline. Yeah, so I just said yeah, I just I uh, you know oh my oh, and then the guy was like, uh, oh yeah, then you don't have to worry about the, all this stuff. You're probably just rolling in the dough. And then I and then I go to the uh, pay for my uh, haircut at the Great Clips, and I have a, a nine ninety nine coupon. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. So he's thinking this, and I think I tipped two dollars on it. I don't know. He talked too much, so he's thinking this, <laughs> this insurance, this insurance kingpin of New Braunfels, Texas, is insurance. is getting his hair cut with a coupon. Insurance so, scammer, man. What a way to end up some great basketball Spurs content. <laughs> well, I like to let people into into my life. You know, how, you know how that goes. Well, I'm an old listen. That's a lesson again. To we'll leave our uh, our listeners with this uh, honesty always. Honesty usually is the best policy. Uh, make adjustments as needed. Adapt to your surroundings as needed. But don't create this web of lies that just forces embarrassment on yourself. Uh, we'll always keep it. We keep it real here, uh, as we say every week, and we'll continue to do that next week on the next Spurs Insider. Until then, take care of each other, and you know what to do.